We are live, new Sprint Ride Option podcast, throwing you guys off a little bit. I'm Andrew Pasquini, Jason DePonte above me today, a little, little different, but hey, got to get them to move the eyes around the screen. We also have, also above me, Al Sacco of uh, the No Huddle podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Al. We thank you uh, for cutting out time. And also, two Yankee fans and a Giants fan, I like the count. <laughs> Go Yanks! We're, we're we're more used to the, you know we're co- talking about the uh, 49ers. We're we're more used to more Giants fans usually. So hey, I, I'm okay, okay with being uh, outnumbered this time. Um, Al, my my first question to you, and I think it's 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 a good question for everybody who talks about the 49ers. How excited are you that we're less than three weeks away now from the draft, so we can stop talking about the draft? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it was, they made that trade and it's just like, all right, good vibes. This is exciting. And then Mac Joan cloud just keeps rising and rising and rising. And all of a sudden this has become stressful. Has it not been stressful enough for 49ers fans? Can, can we get anything? Can we just have anything go smooth ever? Even can we just look forward to this? Like it's crazy, man. So now we just got to go three weeks and people talking out of the sides of their mouth that about things they don't even know about and it's, it's, it's been frustrating man it's it's been, it's been really frustrating but it's going to be over in three weeks and we're going to have a new quarterback behind center and his last name will be fields or lance okay well see so you know i've we we talked a little bit off the air and i was talking about you know your your latest uh segment on on the no huddle podcast where you're kind of tired of the mac jones stuff um talk to me a little bit about that Al. So look, there's a good, there's a chance they could draft Mac Jones. There's absolutely a chance that he could be the quarterback. But what my issue with the whole thing is, the the speculation that you hear, you have these people who are trusted sources, trusted sources. You know, your Adam Schefter's or whoever else coming out and saying in one breath, "Oh, it's it's Mac Jones. I'd be shocked if he's not the pick." Well, how do you know that? Well, we're speculating. Well, we're guessing. Well, well, it's, it's one or the other. It's what if you're speculating, how are you 95% sure? And a couple of examples, I don't know how many people who listen to the show listen to mine, but I was really fired up on the show and I still am. If Matt Mayoko did an interview with Mike Tannenbaum, you guys heard that, right? Yeah. Yep, sure did. So this guy, for the listeners, maybe didn't. This guy comes on the show and says that he's, you know, they're picking Mac Jones, like he knows anything, and says the reason they're doing it is because he reminds, Jones reminds the 49ers of Matt Ryan. Matt Schaub and Jimmy Garoppolo, which pissed me off to no end because are you are you just kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? Matt Ryan, I get because listen, he was an MVP, he came close to winning a Super Bowl, he did great with Shanahan. If you want to come out and give that comparison, I'm all for it. Fine, they think he's Matt Ryan, great. Okay, I, I can't argue with that. That, that. That's a good argument. But Matt Schaub, you're going to trade multiple draft picks for Matt Schaub? Are, are you joking? And Jimmy Garoppolo, he's already on the team. They're trying to move on from that guy. Why would you trade up for a guy that is the same guy that you have? It it makes absolutely no sense. And then there was another – Matt Miller wrote something. And again, it's nothing against Matt Miller. I don't know Matt Miller. I'm not knocking him. But So the person – he talked to a former 49er employee who is 95% sure Matt Jones is the pick. Kyle Shanahan, per Albert Breer, and today – oh, Ian Rapport said today too – he hasn't even told his assistant. And a guy who used to work for the Niners knows? 
are you kidding me? And then he said afterwards, like, oh, but it's conjecture. It's conjecture, and you're 95% sure? How? Makes zero sense. Absolutely zero sense. And for me, too, I had reached out to some people last week, and then, again, I heard over the weekend, and I was told there is nothing coming out of that building. I was told, Al, they're not leaving that information. So the fact that it's come out the way that it is, if you want to come out and say that, okay, we think it's Mac Jones for X, Y, and Z, fine. But to come out the way that it's been, where it's, it's it, the narrative has been like it's a certainty and they have nothing to base it on, it's really pissed me off because I think it's irresponsible. I really do. Right. Nobody knows. Just say you don't know. And this speculation. And I think what's going to happen is Fields has a pro day on, I think, the 14th. And you're starting to see some backpedaling now. I think you're going to start to see even more backpedaling. Oh, well, after this pro day, things have changed. Right. Things have changed yep. after the pro day. Things were never were what, what you said they were, and I'm I'm pretty fired up about it, as you could tell. So yeah, I mean, well, so uh, to speak a little bit more about the backpedaling that you're talking about, you know, Ian Rappaport today on Rich Eisen's show says nobody knows, and he was one of the main ones banging the Mac Jones drum. You know, look again, no knock on Rappaport and Schefter. they're great at breaking the news when it happens, predicting. Mm-hmm is, yes, you know, you have sources. They're still predicting. But, again, at right. the end of the day, the only people who know are three people, probably Adam, John, and Kyle. And that's the right. thing we've been saying this entire time about any sort of media speculation. It's silly to get wrapped up in all of this when you don't know. Look, is Mac Jones a possibility? Sure. You know, and, and, and this is what I've been noticing about the media game. Everybody's hedging their bets with the way – there's, like, two or three words that you have to put into each statement that hedges your bets and gives you an out, gives you some sort of wiggle room. So you say – yeah, I, I think Mac Jones is the pick, but nothing's coming out of there. So it's like, okay, I'm speculating, but I don't know anything. So don't hold my feet to the fire when it comes to this. Again, not knocking what these people do. They are pillars of the NFL media community, and they are, you know, guys that we all look up to. But at the same time, you know, taking these things as gold, when you listen to the words, they're, they're still not sure. And that's the part that I always keep telling people because I get a ton of DMs, a ton of messages. Man, another Mac report, another – it's speculation. They're generating right. clicks. It happens every year. The only reason we're so wrapped up in it is because the 49ers are actually going to take a quarterback this time. But it happens every year to almost every other team, and it's just a little bit frustrating to see. It feels like over overthinking, overanalyzing right now. Yeah, and, and then the the question I have, too, with the, the Garoppolo comparison, um, and even the Matt Ryan, too, is, is Shanahan – Got Matt Ryan, obviously, when he was an established starter. Garoppolo, he was already a name in the league. You know, he wasn't a starter at the time, but everybody knew he was, you know, the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Do you think part of the Niners being tied to Mac Jones and the comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo is the thought of Shanahan maybe wants that style guy that he can mold as a rookie? And develop over time. Like I think that's the only tie I can make to, to, to the Mac Jones thought. So I, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I thought Mac Jones had Kyle Shanahan written all over him coming out. And if the Niners were still at 12 and you told me, okay, they're going to take Matt Jones, I'd say, sure, I, I'd 100% buy that. I think that's if they want a quarterback, that'll probably be a good pick because that's who's going to be left at that point. I would say the other four would have been gone. But to move all the way up to three – I don't. I don't think that's worth it. But Kyle definitely likes those kind of quarterbacks. He likes Kirk Cousins. He likes Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. He's worked with them in the past. But if you listen to Kyle lately, and since kind of that Josh Allen game in Buffalo, he's been talking about some different things. He's been talking about having a quarterback who can move, who can put that kind of pressure on the defense. 
it looks like he's he's kind of expanding in terms of what he what he's maybe looking for. So I think it's it's kind of well, I get why people make that comparison. It's not the end all be all. The game's changing. It's 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 obvious. You can see it on the field. Guys like Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and even Aaron Rodgers can move. And and Patrick Mahomes, the, this is the future. And if you can get yourself a guy like that, who's that good? Who puts that kind of pressure on the defense? I think you do it. And look, if we think Kyle is as good as, or as, I should say, if Kyle is as good as we think he is at his offense and his scheme, why not get the best athlete in there that you possibly can? If he can get Fields, Lance, or Jones in, into his offense and make any one of them play well, or they can all they can all succeed in that system, why not get the best athlete? Why not get the guy who with his ceiling is through the roof? You know, don't handicap yourself. Don't limit yourself. Get the guy whose ceiling is through the roof. And if yeah. you are that good, work your magic. That's that's how I feel with it. Put I talked about this. I talked about this with Jason on our roundtable. Um, I put on my show too. Um, Marcus Spears said, and I loved it. And I keep going back to it. Get a guy who can take you above the X's and the O's. And I love that when the play breaks down, when it doesn't go right, when your read is there, can you still make plays with your legs? Can you still run around and make plays with your arms? Can you put pressure on the defense? Can you put the team on your back? Get a guy who can do that. So, no, the thing is, is honestly, is, is that what you said about the compensation, right? So this move to trade up feels daring. That doesn't feel like a safe pick. You know, again, right. I, I've stated this many times. If the 49ers were at three because they won four games and they took Mac Jones, I don't like it, but I could understand it. When you see what you use to move up to three and then you take Mac Jones, that's really where I start to get upset. And and it was a tweet that you put out that was, you know, are you upset about Mac Jones being drafted because of the player or the compensation? And I agreed 100% it was compensation. You can't right. make a daring move like this to, you know, to go for the single. You got to be swinging for the fences. So, again, in this in this world, you know, maybe whoever they choose doesn't pan out. And that's very possible. But I'm not going to knock the process as long as you do it the right way. And and this feels like a daring move up to three. So you have to make a daring move. Not a daring move, but you better be swinging for the fence with this pick three. I, I don't want to see a safe pick. Yeah, and, and my thing is you, you talk about ceilings. Mac Jones, to me, has the highest floor but has the lowest ceiling out of the three. And, and that's what yeah, makes that's right. him feel safe. It is I feel like day one, him entering as a starter, I feel the most comfortable with. But I, I just don't see there being much growth in terms of potential or ability where Justin Fields or Trey Lance, they their, their ceiling is significantly higher, to say the least. Um, so, I, Al, with, with that, too, Kind of give me an elevator pitch on why, you know, one of the – or uh, excuse me, an elevator pitch for why fans should be excited if the pick is Mac Jones, if the pick is Trey Lance, and if the pick is Justin Fields. Like just a very simple why you should be excited for each guy. All right, I'm going to throw it all sort of in, in – I'm going to wrap it up and put it all in the same ball here. Either way, the 49ers are getting a quarterback that is essentially, you would hope, going to be the starter for the next five, ten years. I'll tell you why that's that's so important. The 49ers are the only team in the NFL since 2003, since Jeff Garcia left, okay, to not have a starting quarterback, the same starting quarterback, I should say, play 13 games or more in three seasons. They haven't had anybody do it. They haven't had a quarterback other than Colin Kaepernick in 2013 and 2014 play more than 10 games in back-to-back seasons. They've had instability at the most important position in sports 
And it showed in the records that they've only had four winning seasons in what the last 18 years or whatever it's been. And their good years have been good. But when you look at those seasons, what, what do they all have in common? There was stability at the quarterback position. The only year where they were good where there wasn't, I guess you can call it stability, is when they went to Kaepernick from Smith. And that was a, that was a move they made because of Kaepernick's ability, that the NFL didn't know how to really defend him yet at that point. So they made that move to get better. better. Most of the time, that's not the case. They're moving around quarterbacks because of injury or because the quarterback isn't playing well. So regardless of, of who, who the person is, I would hope that this guy is going to come in and be the starter for at least the next five years. And the Niners haven't had that in, in two decades, you guys. It, this has yeah. been the worst quarterback situation of any team in, in the league for almost two decades. I mean, the Browns have been bad. They have some stability now with Baker Mayfield. There's been a couple other teams that have been bad, but no one's had less stability than the 49ers. That's, think about that. The San Francisco 49ers, Joe Montana to Steve Young to Jeff Garcia, and after that, it's fallen off a cliff. It, it, it's been terrible. And even, you know, you had kind of the Colin Kaepernick kind of teased everybody, and then, and then the rug got pulled out from under us on that, too. You know, in 2012 and 2013, you're thinking that guy's going to be quarterback for the next 10 years. And then mm-hmm. what happened, happened. And even Alex Smith, it looked like he was getting good again. And then, you know, he goes to the Chiefs and, and, and ends up being a Pro Bowler. So even, that's, I think, is the most frustrating thing with Jimmy Garoppolo to me is it looked like it was there, man. At the end of 2017, you're like, all right, I think we have something. And 2018 happens. In 2019, you're like, all right, you know, I still think he's got some improvement to do, but but we can still turn this into something. And then, again, the rug gets pulled out. So my elevator pitch for either any of these guys is that you're going to have a consistent starter for the next fully five to ten years. And that's what makes it so frustrating with this roster. You know, all season, you know, when, when games were lost and we would do game reviews, we would say things like, Man, if only the 49ers had a 15% increase in quarterback play, how many of these games would they have won? Like, literally, that's all it would have taken, and that's literally just a functioning quarterback. Now you're talking about getting someone who can function with a high ceiling. This is where the conversation really starts to get people excited. Right. So that's the thing. Uh, You know, when we say 15%, we mean, you know, like we say on this show, Andrew, stop throwing four interceptions, just throw two. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, like you know, like that's literally it. You know, the defense can't keep bailing you out when you keep putting them in bad spots. So it's literally that close yeah. with this roster. So that's that's really, you know, again, the timing of this. The Forty Nine ers will probably not be drafting at twelve, barring something, you know, catastrophic again. So mm-hmm. to get up to three and you know and make a move for a guy like this, and then you just realize what this team's ceiling will be if they get not only a functioning quarterback, and then you're talking about someone with the ceiling of a of a Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I guess even Mac Jones, you know, but, you know, that's the thing. That's really, really what it is with me. It's about, you know, getting someone who's just going to be on the field consistent and functioning. And that's all you really need at this point to win games because of how loaded this roster is. Yeah. And even last year when when the roster was hurt, if you put functional quarterback play on that team last year, even with everybody hurt, they're probably in the playoffs. Think about that. Even with all the injuries they had and everything that went wrong, if Nick Mullins doesn't, throw back-breaking interceptions and have back-breaking turnovers. He had 15 and 8 starts. That's a lot. And they they were back-breaking. They were inside the red zone. They, they were pick sixes. They were, you know, fumbles returned for, for touchdowns. They were as bad of turnovers at the worst times that I've seen in a, in a really, really long time. If they just had functional average quarterback who took the ball, they probably went nine games and played a playoff game. So – it says a lot about the coaching staff that they were able to put them in that position despite the injuries. Now, now, now I'm getting sad thinking about it. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's well, it wouldn't be, well, be a 49ers without it. 
it's not even it, it's not even about you know a couple games. It's a couple plays. Like if it, like the first right. one that pops into my head is Mullins pick six against Philadelphia. You reverse that play, maybe there's another win. You know, it's it's things mm-hmm. like that that like you can not even specific games, but specific plays. Um, and, and and maybe maybe I'm reading a little in between the lines of what you were saying about having a starter for the next five years. Um, so are you not believing the idea that Garoppolo will be on the roster in 2021? Uh, to quote unquote mentor a rookie quarterback? I don't. I don't. If he's on the team after the draft, he'll be on the team. But I don't. I don't think he's going to be on the team after the draft. And I just think it'll be a circus. I do. And look, they have a good locker room. They have a good coaching staff. They can keep it together. But as soon as Jimmy doesn't see that linebacker in the middle of the field and throws the, you know, the bad Jimmy pass we've all seen him throw, or if he has a game the way he did in week one against Arizona this past season where he just played like garbage and they lost, or God forbid he gets hurt again. But listen, the media is going to go crazy. It's going to be a media circus. And it's not even that. I guess you can kind of push the media stuff away if if the fan base was there. There's a lot of – I mean, there are fans that still support me, but there's just a lot of fans that are that are done that are just done with him. So that first interception, I mean, I don't know if it'll be as bad as the David Carr game when they were chanting for for Carr over Alex Smith. But the, think about if Justin Fields is sitting on that sideline and Jimmy goes out and he, you know, he doesn't see the linebacker and throws a terrible interception when, I don't know, they're winning 10 to 7 or something like that. It's yeah. going to start like that, like that. And it's just going to snowball. I, I don't think – there's any way he could he, he can be on the team. I, I, I don't. And you also don't take a QB at three to sit. So that now having said that they also need to get someone other than Jimmy because you really can't go, I don't think, into the season with Josh Rosen or Nate Suffeld or whatever his name is. I think they would need to get someone else. So do they make a trade for a Gardner Minshew or a Teddy Bridgewater? I don't think it's a lot for a player like that, but if they can do a, maybe a mid to late round pick and bring somebody like that in as insurance if the quarterback isn't ready, maybe. But I, I personally, I don't know, I personally think Jimmy coming back would be a circus. What do you guys think? Well, like, you you mentioned, like, you know, in, in, in a game, you know, he throws that pick up 10 to 7. But can you even imagine, like, week one of the preseason, he comes out for his two, you know, op- the, the first two drives that they get in, in the opening game, and he comes out and looks average or, you know, what whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And then insert rookie name here comes out and, you know, he gets majority of the rest of the game and shows out. Now all of a sudden it's not, right. we're not even in the regular season. We're talking about it in the preseason. And, and that's, that's, just, that's the same thought for me. And I know a lot of people like to make the comparison with Alex Smith and Mahomes. And the, the thing my brain keeps going back to is, is Garoppolo's cap hit is $10 million higher than Alex Smith's was at that time, that's an expensive mentor. I'd probably feel a little more comfortable if Garoppolo's number was closer to what Smith's was when he was doing it. But and and even too the way in the press conference, uh, Shanahan referenced that it felt weird because everybody knows like he didn't say it was apples to apples, but he said it was the closest thing. Everybody knows what happens to Alex Smith in that situation. He's gone right. by the next year. And I, I just feel like it's weird for him to – I'm not saying he said Garoppolo's a, a lame duck quarterback, but he kind of teased it almost by saying it's the most comparable situation. So I, I don't know. It, it's a very weird situation to me. That, that That's all. Yeah. And I don't see how the Niners can extend this even into the summer. 
Right. So so let's so let's let's take it a step further and let me give you a hypothetical. Let's just say the 49ers walk away draft day and Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster, but they want to see what they can do with him and see if they maybe trade him at the trade deadline. Well, here's why you're playing with fire with that. But basically Al alluded to it. Jimmy Garoppolo's stock right now is probably at its highest at this point. If he goes into the season and he struggles or God forbid gets hurt, your window is shut on getting anything for him at this point. So while I thought, you know, it was kind of smart for them to keep Jimmy around, hedge their bets, because this is a roster that can, you know, go into a deep playoff run, you know, like we just talked about with functional quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think the more and more I think about it, it's like day two is the day that I start to feel like that's the day that Jimmy Garoppolo might be moved. And for those reasons, you can't play with fire. Let's say he gets it. Let's say that the buzz out of camp is that whoever the rookie is, is kicking his ass in a competition. That doesn't help either. You know, none of that stuff helps. None of that stuff helps his trade value. You know, so it's either you're going to you're going to rip the Band-Aid off and get whatever you can get because there's always a coach in this league. There's always a, a you know, a front officer says, let us get our hands on him. We'll fix him, even if that is the case or it isn't. You have to try to take advantage of that now because any sort of waiting game is playing with fire. You know, there is a world where maybe Jimmy comes out and he's like lighting the world up on fire and by the trade deadline you move him and you bring you, you, you start the rookie. But how likely is that? And can you risk right. that? Because if, if it goes the other way, then you get nothing. So the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm starting to come around to the idea that this is it for him. So, um, Sean, thank you for the donation. I like Jim. Got to go $100 million. We'll buy counseling. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, it's a hard situation. It really is. The night, like. I, I, a lot of people want to keep the the hey Jimmy Garoppolo got the 49ers of the Super Bowl two years ago. To me, that's just it's a tough thought to keep because everything had to go perfectly for that mm-hmm. season. And I just I really think, and maybe this is me oversimplifying. I really think moving on from Garoppolo is as simple as a phone call to the New England Patriots. I, I really think that's all it'll take. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's possible. The way that it's gone down with Garoppolo, it's just sort of been a snowball that just keeps getting bigger. You saw what happened in the playoffs. And look, I don't want to take 2000. I thought he had a, a good regular season considering he was coming off injury, considering yeah. he didn't have a ton of experience. That 2019 was, was, was a good year. He had some really good games against New Orleans, a couple games against Arizona. Last game at Seattle, one time you saw a Niners quarterback play like at Seattle, it did really well. Hit some mm-hmm. really good games. Where it started to get bad was in the playoffs. Now, even during the regular season, when I thought they played well, he was still a turnover machine. His adjusted interception percentage, which is balls that go off his receivers' hands, um, balls that defenders drop, they count all that stuff. It was from Football Outsiders. It was 3.6 percent, mm-hmm. which was still near the bottom of the league. In the playoffs, his adjusted interception percentage was 10 percent. He did not play well. And you think of that Minnesota game, after he threw a pick, and then I think it was after the third pick he almost threw, they had two drop picks. Kyle just took the ball out of his hands. That's exactly what he did. And if you pay attention to the Green Green Bay game, you could say, okay, well, Al, they were running like crazy. Why would they throw? Go back and watch the game. Jimmy almost threw an interception, driving down the field, and Kyle didn't throw after that. It's just what happened. And then in the playoffs, or I'm sorry, in the Super Bowl, when he did put the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter, did not go well. And I think that's that's when it started. That's with the fans and, and with Kyle. And then even this year when Jimmy played, he, took a of, he was throwing shovel passes, man. I mean, it's not like Kyle was having him, you know, throw the ball downfield. It didn't seem like he trusted him. 
So it's it's just it's been a snowball effect, and then you get into this off season, they're looking under the rock for every quarterback possible. I mean, they're looking at Stafford. Yeah. Kyle mentioned it in the press. Kyle brought up Stafford in the press conference. Yeah, that. They're, they're, go ahead. Sorry, that that was my biggest takeaway from the press conference is he. Uh, like unabated, just brought up staff. Brought it up. Like yeah. they they didn't even ask him specifically. Yep. First name, like they said, hey, did you, you know, what do you think about the quarterbacks available? And the first name he says was Matt Stafford, which told me that like they were in on him, a hundred percent. Yep, they were looking at Darnold. They were in on Watson, and, and this trade happened after all this legal the legal issues started with Watson. Mm-hmm. They were looking to move on at every possible turn. How do you bring this guy? How do you put this guy back on the field? How do you do it? And if you're Jimmy, why the hell would you want to be there, <laughs> right? I mean, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm like, I'm like, get me, get out, me of out of here, here. man. Yeah. You, these guys don't want me. And I actually tweeted that. Oh, man, it was probably right around the Stafford thing where I said, if I'm Jimmy, I'm pissed. I didn't think the Niners were handling it well because it was obvious they were looking to move on. And I got slammed. People were slamming me. They don't want to move on. You know, Jimmy's a professional. He wants to be here. It's not, you know, none of that is is looking that way. And sometimes, you know, I'm guilty of this too. I think the way, I, look, the Niners were 2019 was a great season, and I'm a fan, yeah. and I got my red and gold glasses on, and I'm looking through everything that way. When you kind of stay, take a step back and, and, and take those off and look at things in, in, in reality, thing, things look different, you know. And 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 that's where I could kind of see this past season that okay, I don't know if Jimmy's going to be here. And that's why I changed my tune on Jimmy, where I was like, you know, guys, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's the guy. Um, and I did go back and watch games, you know, again, without the fan glasses on, where I'm just excited to win. And I'm excited. You know, here's an example. Okay. So the Rams game, when they completed that long pass to Emmanuel Sanders, right, towards yes. the end. And everybody's going crazy. And I was going crazy. And we're like, Jimmy. Okay, I go back and watch that. Sanders was wide open, and he underthrew him by five yards. Yep, you know, he had to slow down. He had to stop. He had to slow down, stop, and catch it and fall. Right. So when I'm watching the game at the time, I don't see that. I just see that they, they have this great play and, it, and they're going to win the game as a fan. But then you go back and watch it and you're like, oh, all right. You know, you just had a wide open guy he underthrew. I can kind of see where, where the issues are. You know, if I'm if that's a, a Cardinals game or, or a Titans game or just a team you're arbitrarily watching, you're like, well, the quarterback underthrew him by eight yards. But you don't see that as a fan. So, yeah. you know, you know. Well, and and even too, you talk about how when he played this year, uh, you know, Kyle gave him shorter throws more consistently, you know, and and the one that stands out to me too is the week one against Arizona uh, with the with the screen pass to Kittle that he throws high and Kittle, you know, injures his leg and all that, and it's yeah. like now he's drawing up easy throws for you, and you're still struggling to a point where it it got him hurt you know and so it's hard when Kyle has a you know Kyle Shannon has a system and and what that system is man it's amazing it works he can make any quarterback look good in it but when when he's drawing layups like that and and you're struggling with it it makes it hard to justify you know keeping him and bringing him back especially in a situation now where the Niners have the third pick in the draft right a lot of plays that he drew up last year any competent quarterback any competent average quarterback can can do why so, I pay $27 million for, to shovel pass, you know, to throw so, short pass, you know, so. That's my thing, too. So the Philly game is the one that jumps out, right? You know, he understands, hey, Nick Mullins is, is you know, under center. Let's get him two easy throws back to back to get him going. So he, he mm-hmm. dials up the first one to Kendrick Bourne, misses him. Okay, right. that's cool. Let's get you the wide lead going. 
Wiley goes, and, and I've never seen Kyle Juszczyk throw his arms up like that. I mean, and who knows if that's a touchdown, but that's certainly a 60-yard game Huge or something game. like Huge that. Game. Yeah, it just yeah. – and, 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 you know, the fact that he missed that throw, you know, is indicative of what we talked about, about how, you know, just a slight increase in quarterback play would have had – I know I saw a comment in here that the 49ers could have won 10-11 games, hands down. You know, like that, that Philly Absolutely. game was the first one that jumped out at me, honestly. So – that's the thing, and that's what you should be excited about. But again, you know, you know, the way we've been thinking about it is just from that point of view of cost control. Again, no, no team is more dangerous than the team that doesn't have to pay their quarterback yet. And if the quarterback's functional right. and you can insulate him with with talent, it's hard to it's hard to not be excited about all that. So, um, Sean, thank you for the uh, for the donation as well, buddy. Um, he was talking about he had an injury as well too that um, that he's not really feeling as good about. And he goes, you can't imagine that Jim probably does. So, I mean, you know what? If it, if it happens on draft day, if it happens on draft day. Then so be it. But I think that if you if you let this linger anymore, because it's so quiet on that end, on that on that front about about not only mm-hmm. one the trade itself, to him himself, not uh not acknowledging Trent Williams' extension, not not being in Nashville with the with the guys. So I I don't know. Like and like you said, Al, at what point does he just say, I'm gonna go look for trade partners? Like you need to help me get out of here, you know? And like that's just you know he has a no trade clause, but again, it's always in his best interest to get traded so he can keep all of his money. I'm not certain that you'd be able to fetch that. Let's just say if you get cut and you end up going somewhere. So that's the thing. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's walking around thinking like, oh, man, I suck or, oh, shucks, I'm happy to be here. Jimmy Garoppolo is, I'm sure, is a, a prideful guy who, who's a professional athlete who, who did quarterback a Super Bowl team who's probably saying, yeah, give me somewhere for someone who wants me. Put me back with McDaniels. Put me, put me back with um, – oh, is that Rich on here? Yeah, crash, man. Jimmy didn't even hit the throw in the first race. Um, but, you know, put me somewhere with someone someone who wants me. He's got to be thinking that. And you, you brought up Kyle. Okay. Yeah. What is Kyle thinking? Kyle's been the coach of this team for, for four years. And, yes, he had the Super Bowl run. But he's also the only – I've said this a million times. I'm sure people have heard it. But he's the, he's the only coach in 49ers history to have three 10-plus loss seasons. Why? He's not a bad coach. It's because he isn't a quarterback. And the ones that he has have made just terrible – you know, turnovers at the, at the worst times. He's gone through – he had to play three quarterbacks in 2017. Um, no, I'm sorry, four. They went through four. Was it three or four they went through? Three. And then 2018 they went through three. And then last year they went through three. You cannot win going through three quarterbacks in three of the four years. You just can't. No coach can. And he – I don't care how good of a coach Kyle is. If, if he has another couple of 10 lost seasons because his quarterback gets hurt, he's not going to be around. He's not. He knows that. He's got to eventually start getting consistent results. And the Super Bowl was great, but this team needs to start having consistent results. Not mm-hmm. a good year, and then you lose 10 games five out of six years, which this team has done. Consistent results. Get in the playoffs and give yourself give yourself a chance. Get 10 win seasons. It has to start happening consistently. And Kyle's definitely going to hope to do that. He needs a guy behind center who can pull a trigger for him. Yeah, and, and- – I mean, even to like, you imagine not having to play three quarterbacks and all that. In 2019, the one year he gets above average quarterback play, they like, just so happened to go to the Super Bowl. So it, it's right. kind of like, it, just just get the man a quarterback. Um, right. I, I, I'm sure you've been asked this plenty of times. It's our turn to ask it. Al, Al Sacco, who are you taking with the third pick? Who is your quarterback of choice? I would take Fields. I, I would take Fields. Um, I mean, I, and I. I I'd be okay with Trey Lance. I think the ceiling for Trey Lance, I, I keep saying, and I actually kind of think Trey Lance is going to be the pick, but the ceiling for Trey Lance is, is super high. I, Trey Lance, I think, would be great. 
Um, he did a lot of play action in college. He, he was behind center. He'd be a terrific pick. But I, I think Fields, for me, would be the pick because I've seen him do it on the biggest stage, and I think that ceiling is right there with Lance, too. I just see what Fields can do physically, and I'm like, oh, my God, put that guy with Kyle. And, and I, have, I haven't watched a ton of tape on him. I, it's tough for me with the college guys because I'm, I'm so, I watch so much NFL, but I haven't watched him a little bit lately, and you know, I didn't see any of the issues with progressions that people said with him. It looked like he was going through his reads fine from what I saw. And, again, he's, some of the throws he makes are just it's next level. There's not many guys that can do that. Um, and I think he he's, to me, I don't care about the, the quarterbacks from Ohio State. There hasn't been any good ones. There's going to be a good one eventually. And I think it's him. And yeah. kind of made the comparison where you remember 2017 where people found flaws in Deshaun Watson's game and he fell to 12. Kind of feel like if they're trying to do the same thing with Fields, you'd have the same result where he'd fall. And in four or five years from now, you're talking about how the hell is this guy not the first pick or the second pick in the draft? And I, and I feel that's the way it's going to be. So to me, he is the guy I, I would take. You know, the the funny thing is, too, and this is kind of my stance on it. So, you know, just say in this hypothetical world where, you know, I smashed everything in my house, um, Mac Jones is actually number three pick. Um, but <laughs> the thing is, is that the, the, the timer on a Mac Jones pick is not the same as a Justin Fields pick. And let me explain. If you make, you know, and, and, you know, we had, we had Guy Haberman on Wednesday and, and John Middlecoff had a great quote about, you know, someone in the league um, sent him a text saying that would be the most arrogant pick is taking Mac Jones. And right. what I mean by that and what he means by that, and, and this is why it puts a clock on it, is like, okay, if you think you're the smartest in the room, Kyle, and you take Mac Jones, they're not going to give you a two, three-year leeway with Mac Jones. Like, you have to bring him in and immediately see success. I don't think that that's the case when you take Justin Fields. Justin Fields, you'll get a little bit more rope if it comes to that. Right. So that's another interesting little piece to it is, is if you take Mac Jones, this fan base is, one, not going to be, you know, kind towards Mac Jones, um, and he better have instant success. I think with Justin Fields, I think everybody sees the ceiling, but the, the, the rope is longer. And the, the and the, and there, the, yeah. the patience would be there because let's say he yeah. has a year where the first year you see him flash a little, okay, he struggles a little, cool, give him year two. You know, that I think that would be the thought process. But if you identify and you take Mac at three, Mac better be whatever you guys think he is, Tom Brady, whatever, you know, those compa- those comparisons that I hear or whatever, he better be that right. because if he's not, Kyle might be coaching for another team. Haberman brought up a great point on his podcast I was listening to. I think it was their most recent one. He was talking mm-hmm. about Kyle and his biggest moments in the Super Bowls in that Kyle was super aggressive. You look at the New England Super Bowl with um, Atlanta. He was throwing. It might have been second and ten where they could have just run the ball, and he's still throwing. Um, and he gave up this – up, Matt Ryan ended up taking a sack. And then he talked about the Niners Super Bowl. And everybody remembers Jimmy missing the, the long pass – but it was the play after the fourth down that they didn't even get the pass off. Jimmy got sacked. And what he said was Kyle's been super aggressive. And in both of those cases, he had, a, he, he needed a QB who could do things that the QBs he had couldn't, which is basically if for a guy like Ryan and Matt Ryan is a really good quarterback. I'm not, I'm not knocking Matt Ryan, yeah. but for a guy like Ryan or Garoppolo, if that rusher gets through, if you get a free rusher or the pocket collapses, you're kind of done. The play's dead. Yeah. But if you have a quarterback who can do things, those guys can't, a free rusher gets through and, you know, he could run around, he could escape it, he could make something happen. Maybe those Super Bowls end up differently. And I'm not blaming, I'm certainly not blaming Matt Ryan because he put his team in the position to win the Super Bowl. But I just thought it was a great point. Maybe, again, Kyle sees that. Look, I, I like to be aggressive, and I need a quarterback who could bail other aspects out, who could bail out 
Mike McGlinchey, not to pick on Mike McGlinchey, but, you know, he whiffs on a block. And with Mullen and Garoppolo, you're just watching him stand there, like, at you and hold the ball and get sacked. Well, maybe Fields or Lance could run around and make something happen in, in that situation. So I thought that was a great point. What excites me the most too about about Fields, Lance too. I I'm I'm pro Fields. I you know I, that's my pick as well. It's just the thought of Kyle Shanahan. Like I'm sure like they don't have playbooks anymore. Like it's probably like all iPad. But him grabbing his giant playbook and just like flipping over to the RPO section and there's like dust and cobwebs. He's just like <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and that that's what excites me is is knowing how great this run game is with the average passing. If you can get a guy who can make plays with both his arms and feet like Justin Fields, the thought of, well, we have our standard run plays, we have our standard pass plays, we have the play action, but now we have the RPO too. And like, like he even started running it he, two times, but he ran it with a Bethard. Like, like he had two RPOs right, right. with a Bethard. And, and and so just just the thought I have no point. There's no question coming at the end of this. It's just more the thought of Kyle being able to open the RPO section of his playbook is exciting. Yeah, and deleting I mean, shuttle passes. Like I can finally throw the ball downfield. <laughs> you know, like I, I can finally throw the ball 15, 20 yards consistently. That's the other thing. You know, Andrew brings up a good point about you know the RPOs, right? And we see CJ Beathard. We joke around. He has like a 17 yard run against Arizona, and we're like, look, there's your mobile quarterback. But no, realistically, you know, having that that option, you're attacking all four principles. You know, Debo runs by, it's in most his belly. He pulls it out. He can run with it or throw it. So now all now the, all those defenders sure. have to really really think about it. You've never had that before. Jimmy Garoppolo, they run RPOs, but he's not going to run. It's not really an RPO. It's just basically a play action. You know, um, so but he's not going to throw the ball down the field either, like you know, like mm-hmm. a Fields can. So, um, you know, it just unlocks a little bit more, you know, in terms of what defenses have to try to prepare for. And you know, the other thing mm-hmm. is that Kyle's so good at at moving his offense and his scheme to the quarterback. You know, we we know RG three wasn't his pick, but he completely flipped his 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 offense to him. And look, offensive rookie of the year. You know, even right now with the three quarterbacks that, you know, he had last year, he stripped down the offense to its bare bones, you know, easy reads, simple throws, things like that, you know. So, I mean, he really hasn't been able to unlock all of this stuff. But some of that is kind of his own doing, you know, and and he talked about it in the press conference about, you know, hey, this wasn't the plan to, you know, get Kirk Cousins. That's just, I mean, that's not the what you want. You know, he's not my favorite, but that mm-hmm. was the plan that year. So it's kind of a little bit of his own doing when it comes to, you know, now he has a chance to get his guys just – Whoever he identifies, I'm with it. It's just that you understand that certain expectations are going to be p- placed on one pick over another. So it's it's really up to him to make it go. And Kyle Juszczyk was on, you know, I keep talking about them, Haberman and Middlecoff. And he, his, the quote that I took from it was, the offense is Kyle. The offense is Kyle. And that's it, you know, and, and it's really about just executing. And he's going to get it going. So that's, that's really, you know, that's really what it is. So, look, if you want to identify Matt Jones, cool, but you better make sure that that works because – you know, people aren't going to like that, and he's not going to have the same sort of leeway that that they'll give to someone else, like a Trey Lance or like a, or a Justin Fields, as far as patience right. goes. And, and I want to clarify too, when I say RPOs, because the chat's saying Jimmy G ran RPOs, adding the threat of a guy who can actually opt to run as well uh, is what I meant. I, I know Jimmy. Jimmy's very good at RPOs, but a guy who can tuck the ball and run too in those situations wouldn't help in Kyle Shanahan or wouldn't hurt in Kyle Shanahan's system. So clarify that. Um, so, yeah, so, Al, listen, we really appreciate you coming on. We're at about 40 minutes now. That's we cool. Got this your, is a good one. We got, we got your pick. It, it's Justin Fields. Let's, I mean, from this podcast, we hope the 49ers agree with you, but we'll take Trey Lance too. Uh, Al, we really appreciate you coming on, man. No problem, guys. Anytime. I appreciate it. 
Thanks, Todd. We really appreciate it, man. We're, uh, you know, big respecters of your work, man. So to be able to to be able to collaborate with you, it's a big thrill for us. Like, you know, when we first joined 49ers Twitter, you're one of those guys that, you know, you look up to immediately. So to be able to oh, do stuff you. like this with you, it's really cool. That means a lot. And not just, and, you guys and not just because we're Yankee you know, fans. Right. <laughs> but you guys are killing it and doing a great job. And, you know, to hear that means a lot to me, too. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, Al. We appreciate that. In full honesty, too, when Jason and I first started this podcast back in September, uh, you you followed me on Twitter maybe in October, and that was the first follower. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing something right here. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that, that's my story. When you followed me, it, it made me very happy because it made me feel like I was doing something right. So, I agree. Uh, it means so much to me, guys. You don't even know. I was seeing who you guys had on this week, and you had on Tart, and you had on Haberman, and then me, and I was like, oh, man, they're going way down that no, way. No, 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 no. Not no, at no. all. Honestly, but, no. Um, honestly, you know, I thought it was a good way to, to end it because, you know, again, you know, Tart's a player. That's different. You know, Haberman's somebody who's been on front of the pod, you know, but, you know, with you, it's, it's, 40, it's 49er, you know, top of the top when it comes to journalism. And, and, oh, yeah. and Twitter, so that's really we wanted to end the week with yeah. you because you know you know of like how much respect we have for you. So it means a lot, guys. And more than ever, no, I really appreciate it. All right, thank you very much for joining now, uh, and I hope you have a good weekend. All right, guys, be safe. Thanks. Yeah, you All too, right. man. Have a good yeah, night. So uh, we're we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, we should hypothetically be back Monday, um, you know, for a normal show, and especially too if something happens. Over the weekend, you know, we never know at this point. Uh, my hope is, is I convince Jason tonight or tomorrow to uh, watch all eight hours of WrestleMania, and we can just do a WrestleMania show on Monday, eight. and we can just talk wrestling. How many hours? Eight hours. Hey, but hey, it's better than it used to be because instead of eight hours on one day, they've split it up Saturday, Sunday, so it's two nights WrestleMania. Rich, if you're in the chat, can I get the quote? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my plans for this weekend. I'm gonna watch wrestling. That that that's that's my thing. Um, Jason, can can I make a? I, I don't tend to make personal announcements on the timeline or on, on this chat. Uh, I do want. I have an announcement to make. Go for it. Follow my timeline tomorrow. I have a pro day. You do. I have my it. pro day tomorrow. Dude, am I creden- am I credential for the Zoom? Uh, I send. Uh, I, oh, I should have a Zoom set up. I totally you should have a should. Zoom set up after. Yes, absolutely. I need. But, I need press uh, access. I, I'll. I'll. I'll talk to my agent. Uh, but yes, I, I will have a, a pro day tomorrow. Uh, I am planning to throw the football and run the forty, and I think that's all I am planning to do. Uh, Rich is very anti it. Uh, listen, I'm just trying. Uh, it's not even. It's not even about me. I'm just trying to get my receivers to be noticed. That's that's what it is. I want to get oh. them. Uh, but yeah, so that that's my. I I was able to uh, wrangle up enough friends tomorrow, and and just text them and be like, hey, I'm not doing the bench press, Rich. <laughs> I'm not doing the bench press. You cannot pay me enough money to do it. Max reps at 2:25. That would be zero. Um, <laughs> It's really hard to convince a group of friends to be like, hey, this is my plan for a Saturday morning. Um, I want to have a pro day. Can one of you be my receiver? One of you be the guy recording it? Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. (laughs) And I do want to let it be known, too. I'm actually going to be trying. I'm not going to be joking here. And so you're going to see what, you know, what what it's going to be. And, Rich, I'll send you the uh, the all-22 of it. Nice. Watch the film, Rich. (laughs) Watch the film. All right, Jason. Do you do you have any last minute thoughts? Any last? You know, I don't know. It's 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 Friday. It's a good day. Nah. So, good week, buddy. 
good week. This, this is a really this is a really good week, man. You know, we we tripled up on shows, but you know, to have uh, you know, to have the people that we've had on to speak to you know what we've been doing, you know, we're working, man. I'm proud of you. Hey, yeah, man. It's it's this is probably our benchmark mark week, right? Like, yeah, I don't know, it, man. It's gonna be tough to it's gonna be tough to beat unless you're planning on getting Gary Sanchez and Joe Montana and all those guys. And Fraser, uh, we're, uh, Sanchez and Fraser. Uh, this is gonna be a baseball <laughs> podcast next week. But you know, that's how we should get away from the draft talk. <laughs> is maybe the last show before the draft. Just make it a baseball pod. <laughs> Feel like listen, listen. We we are done with the draft. Like it's tomorrow or whatever day it is. We've we've said everything. So we're gonna talk about baseball. You know something oh. like that. Um. So that that's we're gonna wrap it up here. That that yep. this is where we're calling it. We we've we tend to do this where we have a topic and we just kind of go off the rails until the show mm-hmm. ends. And that's what we've done here. Uh, so Jason, I hope you have a good weekend and just text me if you want that Peacock login to watch WrestleMania. Okay, I will. And I also need my press credential for the Zoom for your pro day also. So we'll talk, bro. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, Jason, uh, in case they don't know, as always. Let's go Niners. Let's go San Francisco 49ers who play in Santa Clara. Have a good weekend. Later, guys.